0: Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 227 and a half. That's right. We're back doing it, baby. It's post-fight. UFC on ESPN5 is in the books from Newark, New Jersey. I was home here in Las Vegas watching. We had the young Mike Bond out there on scene. I was working from the home office here. Cold Coffee not with me right now. He is still actually busy. I thought we'd be able to do this together, but uh, he has to help the young Mike Bond process video. So he's still knee-deep in video editing me. My written assignments are done for the night, and I am moving on. It's time to do the podcast, baby. We They, they can't hold the roadshow from us, especially not this early at night. Got to love it, man. You know, this, this card started early in the day. Remember, we talked about it was supposed to be over in Russia. It happened. It uh, got moved over to the United States. The ESPN couldn't move the time, so they kept the early, early start. Started at 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific time here in Las Vegas. Noon out there in New Jersey. And uh, I am all right with that, man. Not having to work late night every single Saturday night. That is all right with me. And we got rewarded. With a great night of fights. Man, we said it coming in. If you listened to the Roadshow earlier in the week, we talked about it. We said, I, I thought it was going to be a fun card. And, in fact, I thought the prelims might be even more fun than the main card. Uh, you know, arguable if that's how it went. But three of the four bonuses on the night did go to prelim fighters. Antonina Shevchenko, Luchi Pudilova, uh, they got the fight of the night. We told you that was going to be a barn burner. It did end up being an absolute fun, fun fight. Uh, Matt Schnell picked up a performance bonus there as well. Man, how good, uh, how good did he look? And uh, we'll get into what's next for him later on. And Nazrat right, Haqparast with a big knockout. Joaquin Silva picked up a, uh, a performance bonus as well. He was the only one that was on the main card. But a lot of finishes, a lot of potentially late stoppages, a lot of uh, submissions. I mean, to me, this was a fun card. But it was all about Colby Covington and Robbie Lawler. Of course, Colby Covington walks away with a big, big victory, 50-44, 50-45, And 50-45. Listen, not really a surprise, I guess. I mean, Colby Covington fought like Colby Covington. Um, And this fight was always going to go one of two ways. It was always either going to look exactly like it did um, with just the relentless pace, the pressure, the stifling wrestling game. Or Colby Covington was going to get knocked out by Robbie Lawler. And Covington would not allow that to happen. And and even though it did go kind of the way I thought it might go, I mean, I I wasn't necessarily sure uh, that Colby went every single round. Uh, And I thought he'd probably have to uh, suffer through a few more strikes than he did. I thought he might get wobbled once or twice. He did step back on a couple of shots, but, you know, I don't think he was ever really uh, seriously hurt. So, you know, even though the fight went pretty much the way I thought it would go, it was still very, very intense watching it play out. I mean, knowing that Robbie Lawler can change a fight uh, at any moment with that power um, but just couldn't get it done on this night you know to me i just think this is the type of fight that you finally have to say listen i don't like this guy colby covington but he is good he is very very good the pace the pressure that he put out there is solid And to be honest i just think up to this point the people's dislike for colby covington has shaded the way they think about the way he fights, and the way they think about his game. And, and, and to me, I look at, for instance, our staff picks versus um, our fan vote on MMA Junkie. You know, every every week for every card, we ask you to weigh in. We ask fans, hey, r- vote on who you think's gonna win. And then, of course, we turn in our picks and we put all those together. And and to be honest with you, um, the the, st- the staff picks uh, section, some of us are below the 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 percentage. That the fans do. I mean, the consensus of, of hardcore MMA fans, you know, usually do a pretty good job of picking fights. You know, right now, I think it, it this year coming in, the MMA Junkie readers' consensus was at sixty six percent picking fights. I'm actually at sixty five percent, so I'm one percent below on the year, the, the the consensus. So it just goes to show you, you know, we got some smart people out there, and and they know what they're picking. But check this out. For this particular fight, sixty three percent of our readers' picks were for Robbie Lawler. 63%. I mean, that is overwhelming. 63%. Meanwhile, our staff picks had 11 of our 14 people picking for Colby Covington. 78.5% for Covington. I mean, that is a huge, huge differential between fans and between staff. And and I'd like to think it's because the staff doesn't necessarily have that emotional tie to fighters. You know, we, we shouldn't. Uh, you know, we, just we're supposed to be picking out of who we think is actually going to win the fight, not who we like or who we don't like. And I like to think a lot of people were just picking Lawler because they wanted to see Lawler not Covington out because they hate Covington. Um, but even if you don't like him, I, I don't see after this performance how you can't respect what he does. I mean, the pace, as we said, the pressure, as we said, what he does is relentless. I mean, I, to me, as I'm watching that fight play out, Robbie Lawler is already tired in the second round. He's already starting to break down. You know, he, he's got that poker face. So he didn't look overly frustrated, Um, but you could already see some of the punches that he did throw were were losing some of that zip. You know, I thought he was already tiring in the second round. And I'll say this, you know, Colby Covington, I think he started to tire out a little bit as well. I mean, as great as he is with pace, he started to get tired as well. His shots, his takedowns, man, they really lost some steam on him later in the fight, but what did he do? He turned to the striking, and he's never going to be able to stand toe-to-toe with Robbie Lawler not punch for punch you can't do that but he stayed relentless and he just kept firing out that jab kept firing out that jab kept firing out that jab and it really wasn't designed to you know hurt Robbie Lawler it was just to stay in his face and to make a move and to not allow him any opportunity to really set up and fire back and it worked and Colby Covington ends up uh throwing more punches than anybody in UFC history over the course of this fight I mean this is a guy that we we praise for his wrestling and his wrestling does deserve credit too but now we have to look at the fact that he's got this volume as well. So um, I, I just thought this was a great win for Colby Covington. Uh, he, you know, to me, again, it's a performance I think you have to say you respect him as a fighter, even if you don't like him as a person. Now, we know what should be next for him. It should be Kamaru Usman. You know, uh, I think this is the fight that should have happened before. Um, but it, it looks like it's finally going to happen now. I will say this. And I understand this is about entertainment. It's about selling. I tell you that all the time. This is not wins and losses. It's about entertainment. I just didn't like Kobe Covington being on set with Kamaru Usman. Um, I don't know. It, to me, it puts both guys in a weird position. I mean, Kamaru Usman, number one, is supposed to be there as a broadcaster. He's he's wearing a suit for you know, for God's sake, who's gonna fight in a, in a, in a nice tailored suit? Um, and I, I don't know, man. I it's just two guys are gonna stand there and talk over each other, and maybe it was. Good TV again. I, I get it. it's about entertainment, and and you know let them get some one-liners, ask them some questions about each other, let them let them go back and forth. But I just them being there together, uh, just talking over each other. I, I don't particularly love it. You know, if, if two guys really hate each other that much, then they're going to go at each other, right? But obviously they're not going to. They're both professionals, man. They both want to save it for the cage. Um, and, and then you got security there, and I guarantee you the security doesn't like doing it either because there's a, I mean, security does not want to get in the way. I know all those guys. They don't want to get in the way, man. They don't want to ruin the show, but at the same time, they can't allow anything to happen. So it's a very, very fine line for them between allowing this thing to be, you know, sold, so to speak, versus, you know, somebody getting hurt. And I don't know. I just, to be honest with you, I didn't love it. Um, I get that this is going to be about beef and and the buildup to this. Yeah. They're going to have a press conference too, where they're going to do that. I I just, I don't know, man. I, I didn't, I didn't like the visual. Maybe I'm just silly. I'm not trying to be old-fashioned. I'm really not trying to be a guy that says, oh, come on, this is about the sanctity of the sport. But I don't know. When one guy's supposed to be a broadcaster and one guy just won, I don't love it, and I especially don't like him being there right next to each other when if they really hated each other that much, you know, they would swing at each other or what have you. Uh, you know, I don't think Kobe has a lot of animosity towards Kamaru Usman. Kobe plays a role. Uh, Kamaru Usman, I do think, by the way, is not exactly in on the joke. (laughs) I do think he is starting to get a little bit uh, annoyed with Colby. I do think he probably hates him a little bit. Uh, And when he takes off his jacket and says we can go right now, I think he means it. Uh, Colby Covington isn't about to lose that paycheck. So that's what I'm saying. It's just kind of a a weird dynamic. People are playing with different rules and – um i i just I, I wish it wouldn't have happened, but whatever it did and and those two are gonna fight i hope uh it, it you know it's talking about Madison square garden i man i I love that it makes all the sense in the world you got to do this fight next. So uh, big big win for Colby Covington. I mean this was a huge moment in his career and uh, he, he spoke to the media afterwards. It was a little bit more calm than what you saw on the ESPN Plus post-fight show. This was a scrum. I edited down quite a bit of it. It was, it was pretty lengthy but uh, you can't have Colby Covington win and, and not hear from him. Colby man, I think the uh,
1: general takeaway from that fight is people may not like you very much but I think they have to respect the talent and everything that you showed in there tonight. How did you feel about your performance?
2: Uh, I feel good for taking the whole camp off. You know, I had some adversity I had to face with a cut early in the training camp, so I didn't get to do any sparring, any live wrestling, anything. It was just running all camp and showing up on four weeks' notice. So imagine if I could do this to Robbie Lawler, one of the greats of all time, defended the belt four times, fight of the years, fight of the, fight of the ever. So that's what I just did to him. No one's dominated him like that. So I know a lot of, a lot of nerds around the world are probably uh, spewing tears, so I brought the nerd tears bottle again.
1: You uh, threw the most strikes ever in a UFC fight tonight, 533 landed, you know, one something, 100 something. Um, you know, that cardio and pressure just seems to be a real problem for a lot of these guys. Why is that such a key attribute in your game?
2: Uh, I've always known since I was a little kid that I just have an extra lung and I just, I, my will is unbeatable. There's not a man alive that can keep up with that cardio. You know, I, I build that cardio in the bedroom and I keep it here in the UFC octagon. So, you know, it was amazing to have the, the first family front row, you know, they gave me extra motivation being able to talk to Don Jr., talk to Eric Trump, talk to Kimberly Guilfoyle backstage before I went out. Just gave me that extra push to really go five hard rounds and be ready for anything Robbie Lawley threw at me.
1: Sounds like you got a phone call from Donald Trump after. Can you share some insight on what was said?
2: Man, Donald Trump, Mr. President, you know, he he tweeted out f- support for me before the fight. And then, yeah, after the fight, he gave me a call. He just said he loved he, he appreciates everything I've done. He wants me to come back to the White House and shake his hand again and hang out with him in the Oval Office. And just just he just appreciated how much I do. And how, the hardworking American, you know, I haven't been given anything. I've had to work and earn everything I have. And I fight for everything. So he appreciated that. And we just talked about, you know, this was a landslide, just like it's going to be a landslide in 2020 with the with the election.
1: And you were up on the desk with Camaro, security everywhere, holding you guys back. Can you just reflect on that exchange and everything that was set up there with him?
2: Yeah, security held uh, Marty Fake Newsman back, so it looks like he's probably going to be out another year with an injury. So, you know, he's faking injuries, faking narratives. He don't want to fight me. So he, he saw what I did to a man tonight, Robbie Lawler. Uh, Cameron Usman is nothing but a bitch.
3: I know it's once bitten, twice shy, but are you confident that's what's coming next?
2: Yeah, it's it's the only fight to make. I mean, if they make any other fight, it's just a mockery to the sport. It's a mockery to the rankings. You know, if you hate Tom Brady, you know, it doesn't matter if they win the AFC Championship, they're going to the Super Bowl. So I have one half of the belt. We need to unify this belt and whether it be in New York where Mr. President can come right down the road and see it with the first family again or be in Vegas end of the year, these titles need to get unified. And he's got nowhere to run. He's got nowhere to hide. You know, none of that bullshit in a wheelchair and wheelchair. And then the next day he's jumping guardrails at the palms trying to get in my face. So he can't fake injuries any longer.
3: How would you see yourself beating him?
2: walking him right down. He'll be a first round knockout. You know, Robbie's the most durable guy in our division. So, you know, that's a real man that I fought tonight and and one of the greatest fighters of all time. But he ran into the best welterweight of all time tonight. You get a uh,
1: heat for a lot of the stuff you say, but in particular, that like, comment you dropped about Matt Hughes in the post play uh, interview. Any any regrets about, you know, going that far or not really?
2: Not at all. You know, I mean, what did I say something that was offensive? You know, I mean, the guy's done some pretty crappy stuff, you know, he's, he's uh, got lawsuits against his family, against his brother. So I just said the truth. I'm honest. People, you know, I'm a little bit brutally honest sometimes, and people can't handle this. If, if people are worried about words, but we go into an octagon to kill each other, don't be so sensitive, snowflakes.
1: And your old buddy John Jones said that
2: Robbie Lawler let everyone down tonight. What do you think about that? Uh, i think that's hilarious you know johnny jones lets the whole world down he's a, he's a continuous screw up i've always tried to be a lending hand for him i'm trying to help him out you know i want him to learn from his mistakes he keeps screwing up so you know i want to thank the troops i want to thank the uss new york who who let me on their ship to stay a night you know come here for fleet week last time i was here hang out with the marines you know i've been to fort eustace langley i've been to a lot of army bases you know i had an airborne ranger in my in my corner tonight Stephen hodson so i got to give a lot of love to him I appreciate the military. I wouldn't be here without them and what they do. The military runs in my blood because my grandfather was in the Korean and Vietnam War. So, you know, I got so much love for every service man and woman. And I appreciate you guys putting your lives on the line so I can have the freedoms and opportunities I do to chase my dreams in the UFC.
4: And at this point, like you're for sure getting the the next title shot, I mean, what else can you possibly do, right, to, to solidify that?
2: Yeah, I mean, what else could I do, man? I'm the first fighter in the history of the sport to go to the White House and hang out in the Oval Office. That was history made a year ago. I made history again tonight. I'm the first fighter to ever bring the first family front row. So what else I got to do It was complete domination. No one's ever dominated Robbie Lawler like that in his whole career. So if that doesn't earn a title shot, I don't know what does.
5: How do you, how do you beat
2: Usman? Walk him down, man. He's got no power, man. He's never knocked anybody out. He, he's not a good wrestler. I mean, he's a D2 scrub. Uh, he can't strike with me. He can't keep up the pace with me. I'll get right in his face. I don't take steps backward in fights. And Robbie Lawler is b- the best striker in the division by far, and you saw how I strike to get him, so I just proved tonight I'm the best striker. I'm the most well-rounded fighter in the game, and nobody's stopping me. You better put your money with me because that's safe money.
3: Well, you've got a, bunch of a bit of a flair for theatrics entertainment. You like to entertain, obviously. Uh, you did the Kurt Angle music tonight. Down the road, when your fighting career is done, is pro wrestling something you would actually go into?
2: Absolutely, you know that's that's what I'm looking to go. I'm looking to be the first two-sport world champion in the history. To be a WWE champion, a UFC champion would be a dream come true. And you know, I did my little stint with Impact on TNT, so I, I'm familiar with the ropes of pro wrestling. And and it would be a dream come true to go to WWE and and and, and link back up with my teammate Bobby Lashley. He's over there killing it. You know, he's probably going to go stranglehold Brock Lesnar soon. So hopefully, I can get over there, do a little tag team with him, and. And uh, we can get some good angles going. Vince McMahon, give me a call. You know where I'm at. Kobe, you have
1: an antagonistic relationship with, I think, the fan base of MMA and with the MMA media at times. Does that get exhausting for you?
2: Nah, I, I enjoy it. I play into it. You know, these people pay their harder money to come here so we might as well give them a reaction. You know, one way or another they're enjoying it. You know, if they're, if they're hating, you know, they're still enjoying it. They're coming here to vent and get their frustrations out about their shitty jobs, you know, but these are also the same people that cheat on their taxes, cheat on their wives, so why would I care what their opinions are?
3: Is it kind of a, a Bane situation here? The, the Batman movie, you know, no one cared who I was until I put on the mask. Is that you with this persona?
2: Uh, you know, a little bit, but it's just me being me, you know, if if I'm being authentic, I'm being real and I'm being honest, you know, if people are mad about my words, then, you know, you shouldn't come over to the sport, you know, this is what the sports is built on and that's what's going to be continued to be built on, you know, is selling fights, promoting fights and, and making it fun for the fans, not just at the fight, but year round, you know, on social media, you know, they get into that stuff when whether they hate you or love you, you know, you don't want them in the middle. I, they, I don't want the fans turning the channel. The real house was the OC. I want them tuning in to me, and they don't ever turn the channel when I'm on the marquee.
0: All right, so Chaos proves victorious over the ruthless one. Uh, did exactly what he needed to do. Um, and you know what's funny? I left in some of those comments at the very end, the, the WWE comments. You know, And and, he, and he's right. Colby is right. And, and it may seem a little weird since I was saying before I I, I didn't like the particular antics up at the desk. Um, but I understand that selling this is part of the game. I, I completely get that. Um, and Colby's absolutely right. I mean, he is a phenomenal mixed martial artist. He is. His cardio, his pace, his aggression. His, I mean, just he is really, really good at what he does. It's just not the most fan-friendly style in the world, right? I mean, fans want to see rock'em, sock'em robots. And I get that. That is the most exciting part. It's the, it's the part that everybody can understand right you know you know you don't have to be an expert in the world of mma to understand what's happening with two dudes are just throwing there and banging it out i mean i get that and and colby's fighting style is impressive especially when you know what kind of effort it takes to get it done but it's not the most fan friendly okay so how are you supposed to get people to care well you put on a maga hat you talk about the trumps you talk about working your cardio in the bedroom that he says every single time he gets a chance this is how you get people to care. And it's working. Whether you like it or not, it's working. People hate Colby and, it, and they have no idea who Colby really is. They just hate the character. I don't even believe that Colby Covington is into Trump's politics. I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. I haven't had a lot of political discussions with him. I I, I don't I don't think I ever will. But I have talked to him a lot. You know, I've had interviews with him from the very, very beginning. His his UFC debut in Macau. Um, I've probably interviewed the guy more than anybody in the sport because, you know, I, I was there. I've, I've been to his fights in Brazil. I've been to his fight in Singapore. I mean, I've, he's fought all over the world, and, and, and back then we were actually going to every single fight. Um, and and I was at those, and, and I've seen the guy in action, man, and, and he is a professional behind the scenes. He's professional. Uh, he's polite. And, you know, he's doing this to piss people off because his fighting style is just never going to get people to love him. It's just not. But this personality has. And now he's taking it to a title shot. And that means he's going to make more money than he's ever made in his life. And that's what this is all about. Banking money. People care. Because they want to see him get his ass kicked. They want to see him get his ass kicked. Uh, the, the fight with Usman, I, I think, is going to be an intriguing one. Because I do think, and I said it before the fight, I think there's, their styles are similar. They're not the same fighter. But their styles are based around wrestling, of course. They're based around relentless aggression relentless pacing. Um, and, and I think that Kamaru Usman can match that with Colby Covington. So uh, this is going to be interesting. Now, Kamaru has been developing his, his striking as well. You know, Neither one of them are the greatest strikers in the world. But um, it would seem that Kamaru would pack a little bit more heat. But, you know, we'll see. He'd have to land it. So I'm excited by the fight. Um, now, here's the, here's the problem with Colby you know, like I said, he did seem to fade a little bit. He had enough in the tank, um, but he says that he was—he's—you know—he he was cut in training camp and he had no real training camp. And if that's true, man, that is impressive. If this headbutt uh, that he got in camp—you know—is—is is, caused him not to be able to train that much, man, that's even more impressive. And that would make you understand why maybe he did fade a little bit late, just a little bit. I'm not saying there's cardio issues because they're not, um, but. There, there, there. I guess in lies the problem with this style of promotion is you don't know if if he's just the you know it's the boy who cried wolf, right? Is he saying the truth or not? I, I don't know. Um, but if he really didn't have much training time, even more impressive. So, um, but I, I will say one thing. He's absolutely right. There, it, he is next for the title. You have to do him for the title next. You absolutely have to. Had Robbie Lawler won, yes. Now maybe you know. Uh, Masvidal slips in there, but I, I just I just don't think you can put George Masvidal in there right now. I just don't I don't think that's fair to Colby Covington. I know they're boys, and you know maybe he would step aside and and, and do so willingly. I I doubt it. I mean, look, they're boys, but at the end of the day, you know Covington's got his own his own bills to take care of. So uh, I, I do think you have to do Colby Covington and Kamra Usman next. It's the fight that makes sense. And listen, I would love to see Jorge Masvidal and Leon Edwards as the co-main. I would love to see that. I, I don't think Mazudal wants to do it, but come on, man. There's there's built-in beef there already. We know what happened between those two. Why not just go ahead and do it? <sighs> Give the fans what they want to see, and you get the added bonus of having a backup fighter ready to go. If something happens, you know, now you can, you know. Now, if something happens to Usman, I I, I don't know what you do there. I, I don't know that you would do... Mazvidal Covington. I mean, hey, friends have to fight to determine who's number one. I mean, if they'll do it, let's go for it. You know, I, I don't know that you know Covington Edwards provides you with anything uh, that you can really sell to the masses. um Now, if Covington gets hurt, yeah, Mazvidal steps right in there with Usman. I mean, no, no big deal. You know, now you're not skipping anybody, and you had somebody that was training, getting ready to go. So I would love to see that as the co-main event. Um, and then I think it fulfills a lot of needs. You got that would be a phenomenal one-two punch there on the lineup, and you would also have a backup ready to go. So, just my two cents. Uh, all right, listen, Robbie Lawler. Uh, he did actually come back uh, despite the, the disappointing setback. Uh, you know, not winning a single round. Uh, he did come back and, and speak to the media briefly, and he was uh, he was all class as you expect from Robbie Lawler. The guy is always um, just as professional as they get even back in the days when he was falling asleep at press conferences <laughs> he uh he was always a, a professional not necessarily the greatest interview of all time but uh, a, a great uh a great professional and you know just a i don't know man a, a future hall of famer man this this guy is all you could want in the sport uh here's what robbie lawler had to say after the fight well,
1: yeah, thanks for coming back man. yep and, uh, not an easy night just can you just tell us you know, how the fight went relative to maybe what you expected colby to do and what you thought maybe you'd be able to execute in there
5: uh, no, Kobe did a really good job. Uh, I just wasn't able to do enough. Yeah, I kept a good pace, mixed it up with takedowns. My body felt good. I just need to go back to the drawing board and get back to work. There's a few things I can uh, strengthen up and get better. It's, uh, it's a learning experience. I've actually felt pretty good going out in the cage. I uh, felt pretty good uh, in there. Just need to uh, get back to work.
1: Yeah, we know his like pace and his pressure are kind of key attributes, but he threw the most strikes ever in a UFC fight tonight, like 530 or something. Does that even surprise you a little bit?
5: No, because I'm just trying to duck and dodge and weave, and you don't pay attention to those things. You're not counting punches. So his volume was high. Uh, he kept a good rate, but it's part of the game. Did he actually hurt
1: you at any point in the fight? No,
5: I mean, he, he did some really good stuff, and I didn't. And he, he's
1: getting a lot of heat for that comment he said after about Matthews. so I know you're close with um, you know, is that a bridge too far in your mind?
5: Um, I couldn't even really hear what he said. So, I mean, guys are crossing the line. I mean, it seems like the media loves it. They eat it up, right? So, I mean, that's for you guys to write about and, and have your own opinions on it. It's not, it's not for me to have an opinion. Everyone wants to see what I have to say. What do you guys have to say about it? And so, it is what it is. I'm just worried about myself as usual.
3: What did your corner tell you heading into the
5: final round? Just gotta go out there and and try to finish, and uh, that's what they were saying the whole time. Get out there, get in his face. I mean, it's a fight. Just didn't go my way. Did, did you see Colby or get to talk to him
4: at all after the fight? Uh, yeah, I talked to
5: him. It, it, are you guys out cool like Uh, now? I mean, he, he's doing his thing. I'm I'm just being me, and I mean, it's just part of the game. I mean, um. It is what it is, right?
1: You did say you felt as good as ever in there tonight, yeah. right? So, like,
5: uh Not as good as ever, but it's been a while since I actually felt good moving around, bouncing around. Uh, take down the fence was pretty good. Getting back up was pretty good. So uh, I just needed to get get back to work and build on those things.
1: Yeah, is there a little bit of that. I mean, obviously you had the knee injury and stuff. Like, is it, did it maybe take you know a fight or so to kind of get your full footing back and stuff after that?
5: Uh, it's all just a, a learning experience. There's no excuses. I I feel like you could take, somebody could take that and twist it and say, maybe he wasn't right because of this. That was the best I've been for a while, and I'm going to grow from it. Do you want to, like, try to get back in there soon
1: to continue that momentum
5: forward? No, no, I want to go back and see how my body feels, get back to work, listen to my coaches. And it's not all about just hopping back in there. It's all about hopping back in there, doing the right things and building your body back up. And, and uh... I gotta spend time with my family, make sure my uh, son knows I love him, and uh, cause I spend a lot of time and I sacrifice a lot, and uh, it is what it is.
1: Um, you trained with Colby, fought Colby now, uh, trained with Camaro. Any insight you can shed about how you think that fight goes if they come together?
5: Um, it's gonna be a good fight. Obviously, Colby uh, likes to put volume on. Uh, Jamal's very strong rangy smart fighter it's, it's going to be a good fight I think uh the UFC is going to do a good job of promoting uh what they like to promote.
0: All right, so things just didn't go uh, Robbie Lawler's way, but of course he is—he's uh, a legend, man. He's already accomplished so much in the sport. And uh, look, it's just tough to deal with what Colby Covington brings to the table. It really is. All right, Jim Miller picks up a, a big technical submission win. The New Jersey native, fighting on a home soil, there gets the big technical submission win via guillotine choke over Clay Guida in just 58 seconds. And man, these this battle of grizzled veterans, man, uh, you know. If there's only 58 seconds of, of this fight that you're going to get, we, we got all we could get from it, right? I mean, this this was fun. Guida came out and rocked Jim Miller. Jim Miller rocked him back and then jumped on the neck, and that that guillotine choke that he has, man, it's always been dangerous, and uh, it was certainly up to the challenge tonight. Got the technical submission win. Herb Dean, a little bit slow to get in there, and and, and – Understandably so. I mean, the, the the Guida's face was covered. Of course, you got the hair that makes it even more difficult, right? I mean, the the face is pointed in the wrong direction. It's it's buried in the chest, and the hair makes it even more difficult to to see in there. Um, so I get that, but it was kind of weird to me um, that you know Herb had to grab the arm more than once to to determine whether um, the guy was out. And and you know I saw a lot of people speculating that maybe that boils down to you know the Lawler Ascarin stoppage, which Certainly wouldn't be out of the question I mean, how can these officials not get that in their head? I mean it has got to be just the absolute toughest job that these officials have because they're not making many decisions i mean they're making very few decisions in a fight it's just that the ones they're making are ending fights um, you know it 's not like other sports where you go out there and you, you you make a mistake on the basketball court as official and then you have a makeup call on the other end or whatever you know you can't there's no makeup calls in MMA. so um, you know I, is Dean second guessing himself right now? Maybe, you know. But I, I still think he's a fine official. I really do. Um, you know, I, I did think that he probably should have seen on the, on the first attempt. But, uh, you know, listen, you know, Clay's fine. Uh, it's it's not the first time he's been choked out in his life, I'm sure. Um, and uh, you know, it, you want to make sure you get it right. And, and so I get the caution, I suppose, that he wants to make sure he doesn't do it. Um, you know, too soon. But you hope that there there isn't something haunting him inside his head, you know, that there isn't something that's going to cause him to make different decisions or to cause him to act differently. Um, hopefully that's not the case. But big win for Jim Miller, like we said, man. I mean, the guy has more appearances than anybody in UFC history, which is phenomenal. I mean, you think about how long he's been in the organization. I mean, we're talking, you know, 11 years in the UFC, man, and fighting at a high level for most of it, you know, was was ranked for, for a lot of it. And, and yet. Yeah, you know, had the losses, uh, had the battle with Lyme disease, but man, it, it seems like he's back. You know, it really does seem like he's back and that he's got, um, you know, that he's got more time ahead, that he doesn't need to be worried about calling it a career. So, um, just a big, big win for Jim Miller, man. I, I don't see how you don't like Jim Miller and Clay Guida, man. I, rough for Guida, but you know, n- not a situation where you say, "Oh, well, Guida's done." You know, we got to get rid of that guy. I mean, look, Guida's always coming to put on a fight. You know that, and and he came to put on a fight tonight. Um, and 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 listen, man, he he popped he popped Miller early, but just didn't go his way. So, uh, a fun, fun finish there. Nasrat Haqparast. Uh, we said it before, but if, if you didn't believe before, believe now. Learn the name. Um, the, the, the kid is 23 years old, um, and he's going to be a problem. Uh, Mini Gastelum. I, I mean, you have to you have to say he looks like Kelvin Gastelum, man. You absolutely do. Uh, but he gets the big knockout 36 seconds into the second round, Joakim Silva. Um, listen, I, I think he's the real deal. I really do think this is a guy worth watching. Uh, I think he executes well. I think you could see that he was studying things um, and then implementing things, and I think that was impressive to see. And and bottom line is uh, w- when you have George St. Pierre in your corner, there's a reason for it, okay? He, he, he believes in you. GSP's got other things to do in life than to go corner you. And, and um, for for him to come be in the corner tonight, and along with Farah Sahabi, um, yeah, of course it's because he trains alongside of him, but there's a lot of people he trains alongside that he's not jumping out there. So um, a lot of promise in this kid Nazarad Hakparas, and I think he showed it against you know a Silva that it might not be that well known, but is is very very dangerous as well. You know he's had some some interesting to, you know results as well, and I think he's he's shown the ability to be dangerous as well. And Nazarad Hakparas absolutely just floored him. Uh, to really kind of get the ball rolling on the on these this last trio of fights, man, things ended in fun fashion, um, and I think that's what capped off a great night. And it needed to get going because the main card, Gerald Mearshart picking up the submission win over Trevin Giles, um, was not a good fight, and, and I don't mean that to be rude. It just the way it panned out between these two um, was 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 rough. You know, it's funny. I'm it was actually the only fight I got wrong on, on my staff picks. Um, I picked Trevin Giles, and it's just because Mirshard is one of those tricky guys that is is gritty. Uh, he's creative. He's not the most athletic guy. Here. Like, there's not this like natural athleticism about him, but his creativity and his effort helps him uh, to make up for what he lacks for in just raw athleticism. Um, and I think that's what we saw a lot tonight. And we also saw I, I thought of Trevin Giles that was too willing to engage here. Um, he he should not have been as willing to grapple as he was, and it ended up proving to be his downfall. He did get submitted. Now it was competitive. I mean, Giles had he not gotten caught in this in this uh, submission, it was a beautiful little sequence, a beautiful little transition from Mearshart. So give him credit. You know, don't just say Giles made a mistake. I mean, Mearshart didn't just get handed this thing. It had a beautiful little transition sequence into getting that choke, um, and and was able to get the submission win there. Um, Herb Dean on this one was was, was late as well and um, I will say I don't blame him on this one I just he was unfortunately out of position but it, you know there's sometimes where you see an official and you're like why are you standing why are you standing you know where you are right now I didn't see that here I just saw that the transition of the body ended up blocking the view of the hands and if you see Herb he realized he couldn't see so he moved right away he ended up being late getting there I don't put a lot of fault on on Dean on this one. Like I said, I I question a little bit what happened with Guida there. I don't question a lot of what happened here. I just think he was naturally blocked out. And to me, he moved as soon as he saw that he couldn't see what he needed to see. Um, so we, we didn't actually see the tap out. Giles did tap out very clearly with both hands, um, but you know Dean uh, saw that he was out, and that's what ended up uh, being this. It was called a submission, but Dean didn't see it. It was it was a technical submission. Um, like I said, not a phenomenal fight, but uh, I think Mirstar just showed his creativity. He finds ways to win fights. He's just one of those tough, gritty SOBs. And I really thought about it when I was making this picks. He's one of those guys that's going to surprise you because he, he just keeps himself. He keeps himself in fights, I should say. Um, And, you know, not always the most impressive performances, but finds a way to get things done, and and he did so here. Again, you know, I think when Giles watches this fight, he'll wish he hadn't grappled as much, but he wasn't out of the fight. He had had a chance to win the fight. Scott Holtzman picked up a TKO win over Dong Young Ma. It was a a second-round TKO, Dr. Stoppage to the left eye, just absolutely closed up. Uh, both these guys deserve a lot of credit, man. Scott H- Holtzman, hot sauce, uh, always a friend of the show. Of course, he comes out to man, He brings it every time. He, he hurts his hands a lot, and that that has um, you know slowed him down along the way. But um, the guy always comes to to, to to fight, man. I think he uh, is a very very entertaining uh, you know addition to the division, and he's four and one right now in his last five. The only loss to Nick Lentz. Nick Lentz, you know, tricky as can be. Um, and, and is able to use his wrestling to his advantage many times. But, um man, Holtzman is, is just, I thought he showed, you know, control, restraint, man, picking his shots correctly, um you know, doing a lot of damage. Dong Young Ma man, this dude, I mean, this dude is going to be around. He doesn't have the most impressive record of all time. But, of course, you know, the, the, the Marco Polo Reyes, it was referenced on the broadcast night that fight. Was insane. I believe if I remember, that was first fight of the night at USC 199. Because I remember people are still settling in their seats. I'm like, this might be the best first fight of the night I've ever seen. Um, but he always comes, and he sh- he didn't want. It. Look, he wanted to keep fighting. His left eye was completely closed. Obviously, you can't fight on like that. Uh, holtzman wants a top 15 opponent next. He actually said I was eyeing the guys uh, ahead of me tonight. So uh, you know, in the out collection piece for tomorrow, you'll see. Uh, Jim Miller and Nazrat Hakparas listed as the people he quote-unquote called out. You know, he said he wanted the winners. Of course, he was fighting early in the night, so he didn't know who was going to win. But he definitely does. You know, I I don't know that he deserves a top 10. And he even said top 15, top 20. Um, And I think he's right. You know, maybe somebody right outside that top 15. Um, But I, I do think he deserves a step up in competition. Scott Holtzman is a fun guy to watch. I think he's a marketable dude. Um, you know, he had the emotional moment in there with his kid, and, uh, he's exciting. And I, th- I think he's fun every time he gets in there, and, and uh, I-, I think he does deserve a good test. Uh, Kennedy and jacou uh, picked up the decision win over Darko Stosic. Uh, this was an, an ugly fight, man. Three different, uh, shots to the groin, uh, for Stosic. Uh, Kennedy, you know, fought through them. There were two points taken, um, and it just really kind of ruined the flow of the fight, of course, um, you know, I will say that, you know, I guess if we're going to be critical of Kennedy first. You know, Kennedy was very, very hesitant in the first fight, and I expected that to change in this one. That's why I picked him in this one. I expected that to change, and it didn't. He was still very, very hesitant. Um, he did seem to pick up confidence as the fight wore on, uh, and he did start to pressure a little bit more, but, uh, you know, listen, the shots to the groin, that's going to slow you down. You know, no question about it, and... You know, he didn't know that he could have taken uh, a disqualification had he had he said he can't fight after the third one, uh, but referee Gary Copeland had, had said it away from him. I will credit to Gary Copeland because he said it to the commission, but he didn't come out and say it to Kennedy. He didn't say, are you sure you can't continue because I'll disqualify him if you can't. Had Gary Copeland said that, then Kennedy would be an idiot not to take the disqualification, right? Always take the DQ. I mean, if a referee is sitting there telling you you can win the fight, I mean, take it, right? I mean, if they're literally saying, I will disqualify him, I, I you know, I, <laughs> I think you'd be very, very tempted to take it. So Kenny didn't didn't really know uh, what the circumstances were, but credit to him, man. He said, no, I, I can fight on. You know, he, he didn't know what would happen, um, but he, but it didn't matter. He said, I'm going to fight on. So credit to him. So the flow wasn't really there, but, uh, you know, if you're con- continuously getting kicked in the growing um. I imagine it's it's kind of difficult to get that flow going. Uh to to his credit, I mean Darko was not doing it on purpose, but they certainly were landing. Um and of course he deserved to be punished for that. You can't allow people to to do that and not punish them for it. So, um yeah, not a, not not a fun fight. Kennedy, I, I really want to see him use those physics. He's so big, man. He's got so much range. I really want to see him using those physical tools to his advantage. It is important to note uh however, uh, and, I, and I tweeted it, but the scores were read wrong. It was read as 29-26, 28-27, 28-27, which, if you if you uh, if you look if you if you take those scores and add in the two points, what it means is that Kennedy would have lost a split decision had it not been for the two point deductions. When we saw the actual scorecard, it was all marked up. It was it was there were scribbles all over it. And the truth is, the actual scores were 29-26, 29-26, 28-27. So what that means is, without the without the point deductions, Kennedy still would have walked away with a split decision win. It would have been 29-28, 29-28, and 28-29. Um, I, I just think it's an important decision, because that way, when you're talking about this, and you say, oh, well, the point deductions were garbage. Okay, well, he would have won regardless. Okay, so even, the, even if the point deductions weren't taken, he still would have won. So... You know, when, you, when you're thinking back upon this fight or you're breaking it down, and you're talking about it, remember that. He would have won anyway. Um, and another important thing, just because I saw a lot of people on Twitter, there are scratches and stuff all over that scorecard. And I saw a lot of people saying, well, why did the judges change their score? No, that's not what happens. Uh, the, the three judges are sitting around the octagon, uh, and, 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 and an outside official comes and collects little slips of paper from all of them and takes it to the scorekeeper who's sitting next to the timekeeper, and they're the ones that make those master sheets. So any of the scribbles and scratches would have been clerical errors on the the, the, the scorekeeper. So if you ever see those scorecards and you see scratches on them, whatever, that's what you're seeing. You're not seeing a judge that changed their mind or anything like that. You're seeing most likely a scorekeeper that was looking at the slip of paper and wrote it down wrong. So, um, yeah, that's what happened there. Preliminary card, Mickey Gall Picked up a big win over Slim Tuari. Uh, Mickey Gall had to dig deep for this one. You know, he looked good early. Tide started to change, and, and he dug deep in the third round. Uh, you know, showed some nice grappling sequences, showed some, uh, you know, nice striking combinations as well. Slim was was too reliant, I think, on one strike at a time, and it just kind of backfired. So uh, a big win for Mickey Gall there, rebounding from that horrible loss to Diego Sanchez, of course, Mickey said, listen, I was having kidney issues uh, before that. That was not me. And he wants the rematch with Diego Sanchez. And, uh, you know, this was this was part of the call-out collection that, that we'll publish uh, in the morning as well on MMA Junkie. And to be honest with you, I, I thought about it, and I don't hate the idea of a rematch, really. And, and usually, you know, non-title fights that, that don't really, you know, matter too terribly much – I don't, I don't want anything to do with them in terms of... But, you know, there's a story here between these two, and I think they're both kind of hard to match up with fights that make sense. I mean, Mickey Gall came into the UFC so early in his career that, that there's just not a lot of fights that make sense for him. There's not people that have his experience level. I mean, unless you're talking about people coming off the Contender Series, maybe. And, and I don't know that that's all he wants to do. Just I mean, he's kind of a... He's kind of a name. I mean, he's been in some some big matchups. He's kind of got some drawing power, you know, and and so I think he's tough to match up. And meanwhile, Diego Sanchez is kind of the same thing, but on the opposite end of the spectrum, right? He's had so many fights. Uh, He's a a legend, and and people worry about him. Well, if you're worried about him, why not give him a guy he already beat? So, uh, to be honest, I don't hate the idea of the rematch, and there's kind of this built-in animosity. I mean, Diego still doesn't seem to like Mickey Gall very much, Um, so so we'll see, Uh, you know. We'll see what's going on with Diego as well. I, I guess I should, you know, qualify that with saying uh, we'll see what, what Diego's coaching situation is. And, uh, you know, I wasn't a fan of what happened last time out. So we'll see what happens there. Antonina Shevchenko with the technical submission win, uh, the rear naked choke over Luchy Pudulova. Uh, as we said, man, I, I, we told you guys this was going to be a fight coming in, and, uh, and it was. Great fight. Uh, Lucia she man, she comes to fight and, and, and that's I, she's another one I think anytime you see her on a card you know you're gonna get a scrap I mean she's gonna be around for a while Irina Aldana uh, that was a great fight this is I mean this is Pudelova's third straight loss but I, I, I would not be in a rush to cut her she comes to fight um, like I said that fight with Aldana was just absolutely nuts back in the day but you know, she had uh, Shevchenko cut here. You know, I mean, the, man, she was making this a fight. But then again, uh, you know, wanted to work from the clinch. And, and I guess I understand so. Shevchenko, the longer, more seasoned striker on the outside. Um, but, you know, I don't I don't know that she's as, as gritty as, as, as Pudalova is. So, I, I don't know. But, but she wanted to work from the clinch. Shevchenko initially was having some real success there, showing her strength. Um, but, you know... Then got this beautiful choke sequence on a, on a trip takedown uh, uh, opportunity and and got to the back, got the choke here and and this was a pretty uh, egregiously late stoppage as well. Um, the, again the face was down here uh, so it was kind of tough to see what was going on, but I, I thought it was pretty clear that that she was out um, and and uh, yeah, I, the stoppage was 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 pretty bad here. Uh, Liam Kerrigan on on the stoppage. Uh, yeah, I, I just – it seemed like he, he he checked the arm again. And the arm didn't move, but he he, he hesitated. And I get it, man. I get it. You, want, you don't want to be wrong, right? You don't want to be wrong. But this is why I think a lot of us always say, hey, it's better to be too early than late. I mean, we don't want to see permanent damage or anything. So you understand the difficult position that the officials are in. You do. And you appreciate the fact that they're trying to get it 100% right. But it seemed like it was pretty clear that she was out. Um, But a big win for Shevchenko. She rebounds from uh, that loss to Roxanne Modaferi last time out um, and gets gets, uh, the hype train going again, I guess. Uh, Matt Schnell, submission win over Jordan Espinosa. First-round triangle choke. uh, Gets it done there. Second time in a row he's got uh, a first-round triangle choke. Last time was a bantamweight fight. Now he's back to flyweight. I am becoming a very big fan of Matt Schnell. I, I really am. I think he's incredibly exciting. He's got what four wins in a row now. After losing two in a row, he's bounced back. He's got four in a row. Two of them are stoppages again. Two in the first round. This is a fun, a fun, a fun dude to talk to and a fun dude to watch fight. And he's got some swagger about him. Um, you, you know, he was uh, he was on a reality show a long time ago on MTV. So I mean, I guess maybe that's part of it. He knows how to stir things up a little bit. He knows how to get things going. Um so he says things and uh I you know I think the young Mike Bond who was back in the back I think on our on our uh chat tonight I think he was saying that he thought Matt was kind of a kind of a dick but I, I like the guy man to be honest I think he's incredibly confident uh and uh I love the fact that you know he's calling out what he wants next he wants to be a big part of this flyweight division um and it's a flyweight division to me that is not a 100% settled yet uh I, I know you know the Dana White said they're committed to it but I I don't know how committed um so anyway, uh, a, a beautiful performance. And uh, be- just because I'm becoming such a big fan of Match Now, I figured we'll let you hear a little bit of what, uh, what he had to say and uh, let you judge for yourself uh, if you like him or don't.
1: A little bit of history tonight. Second fastest finish in flyweight history uh, or submission and then the first triangle choke finish in flyweight history. What does that mean to you t- on top of winning?
4: It's uh, interesting, I suppose, but uh, kind of sad too if you think about it the first triangle in flyweight history well I did triangle Louis Smolka in my last fight he is a flyweight I'm a flyweight so I count that Um, yeah I mean cool making history I suppose but uh, I I try not to to count up the the nonsense you know like that doesn't mean much to me I'm I'm out here trying to get wins and uh, provide for for my wife and my family and uh, I could care less about the things that uh, the little little bitty things along the way that doesn't mean anything to me
1: and I mean the way you set it up obviously you know you're kind of chaining some together is that one of your
4: triangles set up how it kind of came together I guess so uh it's worked twice in a row now guillotine to triangle interesting um I don't know he was hurt he was hurt y'all might not have been able to see it but uh as he came in I think I clipped him behind the ear and he was face first in the mat and I think if I would have been able to separate and Uh, hammer fist him a couple of times, that would have been a TKO victory, but we'll take it. And uh, I'm always hunting for the finish. And, uh, you know, look at my body of work. I know what people say about this division, but I'm a finisher, always have been. Uh, A lot of first round finishes too, you know, and uh, I'm gonna keep on doing my thing. I'm I'm happy to be here. Uh, It was scary there for a while for a lot of us flyweights, you know, and I'm a survivor of the flyweight purge. And I'm happy to be here. And uh, I've said it for a long time and I truly believe it. I'm one of the best in the world. You put me in there with anybody, and I'm gonna scrap.
5: What was uh, your mindset when you
4: know you were seeing that all these fightweights were getting cut, and you know there wasn't really any resolution or
5: any news about it? Uh, what's going on through your mindset? I was
4: afraid. It? I was afraid. I was afraid that I was gonna be uh, a casualty, and fortunately, I I survived. You know, and I think uh, I kind of kept quiet and kept to myself and didn't rock the boat and make a lot of noise, and you know, it it uh, kept me afloat, and here we are. and Hopefully they're bringing this division back and I can be a big part of it. It seems like they are. Um, do you feel that way? Do you feel like the final division is in the clear now? Yeah, we'll see. Only time will tell. Uh, I think they need to sign more guys. I think this division needs an influx of young uh, talent. There's guys out there who are uh, very good that are that are on the outside looking in. Uh, Dustin Ortiz. Sign Dustin Ortiz back, man. That dude deserves it. And, uh, I, I just want to see this division flourish. and. Uh, you know, I'd like to reign supreme at the top. I think I'm a perennial guy. Uh, I've been in this sport for a long time. I think this is my 33rd uh, fight, something like that. And uh, I feel good. I feel good. I'm getting comfortable. And yeah.
3: Made kind of a big announcement uh, afterwards, pending fatherhood. Congratulations. How much of an added motivator was that tonight?
4: <sighs> it's just in the back of my mind. All I could think about on my walk was my wife and. Been very emotional, you know, uh, fighting tears off all the time, and I'm in a, I'm in an interesting place. Everything I have, I've worked for, you know, and I I built this life with my two hands. And I tell people all the time, you know, I I, I don't come from much. I never never excelled at anything. Rode the bench my entire athletic career. I barely graduated at the bottom of my class, and in the state of Louisiana which some people don't even I think it's ranked number 48 in education and uh, graduated at the bottom of my class never had many prospects to, to, to do much and here I am uh, making a life for myself
3: you also uh, when we spoke before the uh, fight you said you know it's important that the guys who are mashed up right now create standout moments is that sort of you know in the back of your mind as well tonight
4: for sure I wanted to clip him with this right hand and send him to the canvas but uh We'll take it. I'm a finisher. Uh, there's nowhere, there's no, nowhere in the fight that you can put me that I'm not competent. Uh, I've been doing this for a long time and I always try to fill in the gaps and I understand my weaknesses and I'm not afraid of them. Uh, we, we face them and uh, me and my coaches and my team, we talk about these things and we know, we know what needs to be shored up before we make that walk for the title. And I believe, that, uh, I believe in my team, I believe in my squad. We're gonna get it done
3: last one for me. I mean, we also spoke and you called him out in the cage, Davidson. Would you be willing to go to Sao Paulo uh, in the fall
4: for that play? No. <laughs> I'm not going to Brazil. Hell no. He's going to have to come here. Uh, I I refuse to go to Brazil. I, I've just seen too much. You know, Davidson Figueredo got dropped on his head four or five times by Jared Brooks and lost a decision. And if that was in the United States, it could have been it could have 30, 25. I don't know. It, it, he definitely didn't win that fight. So no, I'm not going to Brazil. He likely Figueiredo. Figueiredo's the path. yeah. Or, I I don't know, Uh, I've won four in a row. Uh, Henry's out touring South America, hanging out with Brazilian supermodels, and I'm not mad at him, but uh, if he's not going to keep the division afloat, then somebody does have to, and Joe Benavidez is the clear-cut number one contender, and if they're looking for a guy, I know somebody. I love Joe Benavidez, close friends, but I have to fight all these guys and uh, it'd be an honor to step in there with a legend like Joseph Benavidez. I've been watching Joe Benavidez since I was 16 years old, I hadn't, I hadn't even stepped foot inside a gym or started competing, I, I still thought I was going to play in the NFL. So uh, <laughs> it would be an honor and uh, a privilege and I, I believe that it is also a fight that could accrue a little bit of uh, attention and excitement. I don't know what they're thinking, I'm not sure. but. Uh, I'm here. I'm, I'm ready to go out there. I can never guarantee victory. I'm not the type of guy, but every single time I step out there, I'm gonna bring it, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it in there with me and and fight till the bitter end. And uh, that's who I am. That's that's what I do.
0: All right, that's Matt Shell. I like the intensity. Maybe it's just me. I like it. It's it's confidence. I get it, man. I, I understand it. Maybe it rubs some people the wrong way, but I like it. I like it. Uh, and I like the fight with Davis and Figueiredo. I really, really do. Um, I understand what he's saying about not going to Brazil. Uh, that Jerry Brooks fight, he's absolutely right about that. I thought Brooks won that. Um, so I, I understand why he's saying that. Um, but I like the idea of the Figueiredo fight. Because there's just not another fight for Figueiredo right now. Joseph Benavides is the clear-cut number one contender. And I don't think there's another fight for Figueiredo that makes sense after that uh, result last week over uh, Pantoja. So to me, I mean, these are two guys that are exciting, that, that finish fights. And I know it might it might seem a little weird in the rankings because, you know, Figueredo's so high up there. I mean, he was right on the cusp of a title shot, uh, and, and Schnell is, you know, just at the bottom. But the flyweight rankings right now, I, I don't know what they mean. You know, as he said, Dustin Ortiz, he belongs to be in the UFC. You just brought back Brandon Moreno. Tell me you're going to bring back Dustin Ortiz too. That guy definitely belongs, you know. So I don't know that the rankings mean much right now because I really don't know what the future is of the flyweight division. Um, but I like the idea of Schnell Figueredo, I'll tell you that. Laura Murphy picked up a big win over Maya Romero-Barella. Uh, big finish here for Laura Murphy, perfectly timed. And not even just perfectly timed, man. The way she stopped the takedown, I mean, then framed the body and scored that big knee. I mean, to me, that was just perfect. And then, of course, went down to the ground and, and uh, you know, was able to get the finish with punches on the ground. Big moment there for her. Uh, you know, she's had some it's, – it's funny that to me that her nickname is Lucky because I think she's had some really unlucky decisions. Uh, and, and uh, you know, she said afterwards, well, my nickname is Lucky because it has such a great life. I always thought it was just kind of like a tongue-in-cheek because she feels like she gets dicked over on <laughs> decisions sometimes. Uh, but, no, she a, a big finish here for her, and it will probably vault her into the rankings. And she said afterwards she'd like Alexis Davis or Roxanne Modaferi, you know, very, very respectfully – but, uh, you know, I think those make sense. You know, those are kind of some veterans of the sport. and Both those fighters are coming off losses. Um, so even though, you know, Murphy has, has been kind of alternating results and this was a big win, um, you know, I think those matchups do make sense. So, so I'd like to see uh, one of those fights take place. Claudio Silva, the submission win over Cole Williams. Uh, Cole had a rough week, man. He missed weight by five pounds. Uh, you know, then he comes out and just doesn't look very good here. I don't think he had one second of offense. Rough debut for Cole Williams. I'll be honest. In, in the in the rookie report, I gave him an F, and uh, you know, I don't mean that in a mean way. But you miss weight by five pounds, and then you come out and don't have one moment of offense. That's just kind of what you get. Uh, but listen, if you listen to the road show coming in, I said I, I'm surprised Claudio Silva is this far down on the list. I think he's dangerous. I really think he's dangerous. He, he's deceptively powerful on the feet. Um, you know the 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 strikes aren't necessarily you know it's not the the most beautiful striking you've ever seen but it's 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 quick and it's powerful, um, and 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 he hurts people he rocks people uh, and then his grappling game is so good you know uh, you know he he missed a ton of time he was out for you know years with injury um, but now he's back and I, I think this guy is very very dangerous and he says listen I I, I want some respect I, I I want people to pay attention to me. Um and man, I, I think he deserves it, man. I, I think this guy uh you know, I'm not saying he's gonna be a champion. He's not one of those guys that I look at and go, Oh, automatically, dude, that dude's definitely gonna be a champion. Uh which by the way, Kobe Covington was always one of those guys. We were always saying that. <laughs> uh Claudio doesn't is me as one of those guys, but man, he is gonna give people problems. Uh and Miranda Granger picked up a decision win over Hannah Goldie to start the night off. Uh you know, kind of a you know Miranda Granger. I was I, I called her her final CFFC fight with CM Punk uh, back in May, and she looked like an absolute killer. Uh, this was different. She fought kind of tentatively, um, but I think you know that was twofold. Number one, she respected Hannah Goldie's power. Number two, this fight was put together on two weeks' notice. Now Hannah Goldie fought um, in June. Uh, Miranda fought in May. I mean, so they fought up a division. They're both strawweights. They fought at flyweight. Um, you know, Both of them wanted to be in the UFC. Hannah had fought, like I said, on the Contender Series, so she wanted to be in. Miranda Granger had fought at CFFC and was going to be invited to the Contender Series, uh, but had not booked a fight yet. And the notice came in on this on, on two weeks, and they both took it. And I think that's the right call, uh, but I think it forced Miranda to be a little bit more conservative in the way she she, she fights because she respected Hannah's power, and she also knew that, you know, I, I don't have a, a full camp or the cardio in me right now. I've got two weeks of cardio. Uh, and that might not translate to 15 minutes. And as it turned out, she had to go 15 minutes. Um, I don't think she fought bad. I, I scored at 30-27 as well. I think it was closer than that score would indicate, uh, and I don't think it was indicative of what Miranda Granger will do in her next outing. Um, I think she is going to be a problem in this division. Now, 115 is a very, very good division, um, but I think she is going to be a problem. To me, um, it was it was a very average debut for, for both these girls. Um, Hannah has some some physical power for sure. Um, but you know she's got some things to shore up uh, in her attack as well if she's going to compete at 115. So, uh, but listen, overall it's a good night, man. You couldn't ask for more. I thought this was fun from start to finish. We had some some uh, some big finishes, uh, and again, Colby Covington doing we think what it needs to take to to be uh, to book himself into that title fight with Kamra Usman. No offense to Mister George Masvidal. Uh man. I I. I <laughs> What can you say about the last two wins that he ha- he's had? We we said it, um, you know, way back in England that this is was, was a star-making turn, and then he did what he did in Vegas, and yeah, man, Mozzie Dolls is hot as they come right now. Uh, but I think, you know, one more fight. I think one more fight. Like I said, book him in that co-main. Book him in the co-main and let him be the backup. That's what I say. Uh, but this was good. So if you missed it. Go back and check some of the fights. They were uh, they were solid. You, you, there, well, there weren't a lot that you needed to tune out for. So, All right, listen, well, I'm glad to be back in the and-a-half business. I'm going to continue to find a way to do this. And uh, if you guys enjoy it, please do me a favor, log into iTunes, rate us, review us, give us some positive feedback. Uh, I know some people have said, oh, they, they need the and-a-half content, but we were short for a long time. Unfortunately, this had to be sacrificed. We're building our staff back up at MMA Junkie, and, and I'm going to try to do this a lot more regular with the staff at mma junkies blessing so uh show them that you like it uh reach out show us that feedback hit me up on twitter whatever it may be uh next week uh Cold coffee and i will be a dana white's contender series on tuesday night uh and then uh saturday is ufc on espn plus 14 in uruguay uh we will not have anybody on site there for mma junkie unfortunately we'll have photographs coming in uh but that'll be it but of course we'll, we'll bring you all the best coverage that we can and uh We'll get back together and uh, talk about that one as well. A title fight on the line: Shevchenko versus Carmus 2. Valentina tries to put her belt on the line. We'll get to all that. We got lots of stuff next week. And of course, we got uh, just the regular MMA road show on Thursday night. Uh, anyway, hey, it's still early. I'm gonna go try to have dinner with my family. For everybody else, thanks for listening. <laughs> Okay. <laughs>